Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Back at it on a Monday, and it is a busy week all over the hockey world. We are excited here at Sportsnet 960. The Fan. We got the draft coming tomorrow. We've got free agency on Friday. A bunch of stuff off the ice coming. It is going to be awesome, and we are busy with it the entire week. We have a busy show today. In case you missed it, we'll have uh, uh, some more sound from the uh, Flames GM's chat with the boys in the morning show. We'll rerun that coming up at about 1230. But first, let's kick off the show and talk to Lou. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. We also have Peter Klein with us as well today. And uh, Lou, as we were watching things and tickers going by while we were watching different sports uh, on Saturday, we saw that Robin Leonard had indeed uh, signed that contract that was rumored that he's going to stay in Las Vegas, a five-year contract. What does that mean for everybody else? And more specifically, what do you think it means for the Flames and their goaltending situation? Well, it sets a bit of a market, don't you think, Kelly? To begin with, it's got to be right. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's I think right now, and and you'll hear from Brad Treleving as you just alluded to at the bottom of the hour that you know more now than ever because of COVID and the cap scenario and what looks like a very flat world in terms of uh, as Brad referred to it, not trying to take away, but it's not just about cap space for teams; it's about cash. So, you know, monetary scenarios really make a difference. In the case of Leonard, I don't know about you guys, but I was surprised. I didn't think the number was going to be five. I I actually anticipated that that number could be a little higher. Needless to say, there's a glut of goalies that are available. That's going to, you know, allow the market to be what it is because there's a lot of supply so that is somewhat helpful if you're trying to make a deal. But for the Flames, um, you know, and Brad Treleving, as you'll hear, talked about goaltending. Needless to say, they need someone. They only have David Riddick under contract. So personally, guys, if the price that you're looking at is five or less, that to me would allow the Flames, from at least my standpoint, to be a little bit potentially more in play on let's just say someone like a Markstrom or even a Braden Holtby which you know might end up being a good possibility however from the get-go because when I think about the Flames and how this season came to an end and frankly how the last two playoffs and the last two seasons have come to an end um, is goaltending and sorting that out a big priority? It is. But would I be surprised, gents, if the answer at the right price and for the right number of years isn't Cam Talbot? Uh, and, and you're going to hear from Brad that, you know, the more I keep hearing someone like Brad bring up his name, I think in some way tells you that that possibility still is in play. And I completely understand why it's in play yeah exactly and it's one of those one of those things and we've talked about it a little bit that maybe you go with the the devil you know like we we've talked about it countlessly on this radio station the the problems that you had on the team last year 
really the goaltending didn't let you down a whole bunch. I mean, the last game obviously was a, a bit of a disaster, but um, I don't know if if you get the same sort of effort by hook or by crook from those two guys, and you can get at, a, at and you can get Cam at a decent price. And at, I imagine at this point of uh, Cam's career, he's looking for he's looking for stability and maybe some term. I would think. When that does that fair to say, Lou? Yeah, well, for sure. And see what's in play for Cam is remember when you're an unrestricted free agent, it's what you want. So depending on he and his representatives and how they're playing the market. Now, where it gets a little stickier for me with Cam is how long a term does he want? He's 33, and at what price? So he's going to want to raise from 2.75. Ideally, Kelly, if you could get him at $4 million for the next couple of years, I'd take a real look at it. But the underlying scenario with the Calgary Flames goaltending situation is the other guy, and that's David Riddick. And the evaluation, and I've heard, I've heard a couple of stories um, in chatting to some people around the game that, you know, the Flames may have not been overly impressed with some of David's preparation you know, leading into camp, and, and we all know that he didn't have the world's best camp going back to July. So, you know, has that changed the equation at all? But you can't leave out David Riddick, who, you know, outside of if some of that stuff, and, and a lot of it, I think... I is, say it'll be fine, though, Lou, right? Like, coming back after a, a right, break, and right. okay, we're going to be in a bubble, and this is how it's going to go. I say you give the guy benefit of doubt. He's been a warrior for you know since he's come to Canada. I say he's going to be just fine. I I, I can't see it being a problem. Can you? Well, well, well. I don't think I don't think it is either. But again, you know, there there's usually a little fire where there's some conjecture, right? Uh, yeah. However, um, they are at a at a point where the reason I think David is really really important is because if you're still really really happy with his trajectory and feel like he's getting closer to being in what I now call a 50-30 split of goalies in the National Hockey League. If you really feel, and listen, he played 48 a couple of years ago, so it's, it's not like he hasn't already been in that neighborhood. So, so goalies are, it's a really tricky time. I mean, Markstrom's interesting to me because, um, you know, Vancouver certainly has loved his progression and his work. They have Thatcher Demko coming. Um, certainly showed us three incredible performances against the Vegas Golden Knights to hang his hat on. Um, you know, before the playoffs, Markstrom, to me, Kelly, seemed like a, a bit of an obvious choice if you could get him at the right term and the right price because not only do you get him to potentially solidify your team, but never really hurts my feelings if you've potentially hurt a quality and division opponent. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's why for me in part Markstrom, but it's gotta be five or less. And, and there's, again, you know, Holtby's kind of fallen a little bit from a 2018 Stanley cup, a terrific guy. You know, he's from just outside of Lloyd Minster. Marshall, Saskatchewan is his home. So, um, 
you know, getting, and that matters, right, Kelly? It matters. Like certain wow. guys are, are more apt to come to certain places than other players might. And that's whether you want to hear that in 2020 or it's not. True. That sometimes it's Calgary, true. right, that it's Calgary true. might not be a number one destination for a free agent. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. Nobody puts, so, the, New, nobody puts the New York Rangers on a team they don't want to go to. Right. That's, that's never, very true. Almost never. No. Um, no. I, I was thinking about this, and, and this might be uh, um, how do I put this? You were talking about the draft, so I'm going to have two two part sort of comment here. And, you know, we have some amazing listeners, and sports fans in this country are passionate and they are well read, but they aren't as well read and well prepared as the staff of NHL teams that get paid to do this. So when people say and media members say, well, you know, Holtby had uh, an off year. He, he wasn't that great, you know, percentage-wise. Um, and anybody can see that, but you don't have guys, you know, working full-time, grinding it out to give you a story on a player. Can you explain a little bit, because um, you, you hang out with those guys, you've, you've you spent some time with, with the movers and shakers. There, there is a difference how they look at players than how, you know, uh, a website that just turns out stuff will look. Because everybody has you're that. Ta- you're talking about players for the draft? Yeah, I'm, ta- well, I'm talking both. I'm talking about okay. free, free agents first. And then, because my, my second thing for the draft is like, uh, what I've been hearing from everybody is that, you know, there's a chunk of guys that they're all the same, right? They're, they're, very, they're very similar in their skill set right now, right? Whatever it was like from... 18 to 40 or whatever right mm-hmm. but reality is they're not because they went you know five years from now they will separate themselves that's just the way it is we don't know how that's going to go so do you know like can you kind of tell the audience a little bit yep. about how 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 teams um and obviously a lot of stuff is secret those are trade secrets but how they come up with this stuff for for not for draft picks and like if you're looking at Braden holpe everyone said oh he had a terrible year last year so he should get less money it's like well hold the phone like okay, that, so let's yeah. let's 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 start with the free agents, and and I'm glad you brought this up today. Is right now we're focusing on on the amateur draft, so a lot is said about your group of amateur scouts, but let's get to a very underrated group on NHL staffs. That's in Calgary's case the Derek McKinnon led pro scouting staff because their job is to each and every day at the NHL level and generally you know whether it's Europe the American League level their job is to potentially be out looking at everyone in the league in the event that Brad Treleving comes to them as a group and says who do you think best fits if we need this So what our listeners need to know is, no, it's not as simple as what it looks like on either side of the equation. Kelly, there is no way, and I only got a chance, thanks to Brent Sutter, and I'll thank him till the day I leave the earth. I had one year to kind of wade in, into scouting. And it was one of the greatest learning experiences of my entire life. So... The work that gets done, the reports, the preparation, the conversations, the amount of games that you have to see people play, 
Now, even that was back in like 2011, 2012, the amount of time that is spent talking to the kids themselves, their coaches, their, you know, their friend group, like there is, people have no idea the amount of stones that get overturned and the incredible work that goes into making both of those decisions. It's why, frankly, Kelly, I get frustrated sometimes. And it's not that I necessarily know better, but I will say this. I have invested a lot of time in my life watching hockey and watching hockey players not only in their draft years, but as you know, leading up to the draft. And that's all really, really important. So, you know, but it is subjective. You know, what one team likes and what they need and what other teams value and what they see, that that's a big part of it. The other part of the whole process is, so you draft a player in a certain at a certain point. And I think the Flames are a perfect example of what a great job, not only that they've done in recent years in the draft on the amateur side, but Kelly, I believe in 2020, it's one thing to pick people. It's equally as important in how you develop them and get them ready for the next level. And the job that this team has done through people like Ray Edwards and Ron Sutter and what goes on in Stockton, you know, your player development people are massive in terms of their importance to bring your prospects along. And the other part is that I would say in closing on the subject is, Kelly, the other thing that isn't a coincidence, you know, when you talk about certain teams. So let's take Tampa, okay? Do I think Al Murray and his staff have done an incredible job over the last, you know, 10 or so years in building, for me, what's kind of become the gold standard? A team that just won the Cup, but more importantly, not more importantly than winning, but the fact that they've been an elite team now for a long time. They've found guys that maybe people overlook. They have found guys like, who is this guy, right? We keep saying that about them. We do, but here's what I want to add to that. So, So even in the case of Braden Point, okay, not to take anything away from them, but if they thought Braden Point was going to be what Braden Point has turned into... Do you think they would have ever waited till the third round to get him? No chance. He would have first No place, chance. Yeah. And that's part of what people forget about when they prepare or analyze or, again, you know, look, in, look back at how somebody missed on this guy. Don't ever forget that. Another great example on that vein is going back to 2003. Well, the Nashville Predators took Shea Weber at 49 They took Kevin Klein in the same round, six or seven picks ahead of Shea. But the last part of it is, Kelly, I think it's twofold. A, you could never take away Tampa from knowing what they want, what they've identified, but here's the underlying secret. You don't think guys don't benefit going into organizations with good players Mm -hmm. that people learn from and the kind of culture that gets set? I think that's one of the most undervalued things when people think about why players go to certain places and sometimes in lower rounds and they develop. 
because they get to marinate more often than not for longer than other kids that get rushed. But I thought this way, whether it's Tampa or Detroit in its heyday, is A, they're more ready once they get there because they've had more seasoning. And on top of that, when you go into a really good culture with good veterans, guess what? It becomes, for me, a bit of a either you're going to swim or you're going to sink mentality. And I think it really matters. I really do, and I I have for a long time. And the opposite's true, where you uh, could be this Mm -hmm. this high, high prospect, and you've got all the tools, but you get into a situation where maybe there's a personality conflict, or maybe the timing isn't right, or maybe this, that, and the other thing. Too much gets asked of you too soon. Whatever, right? There's a million different things can happen. Mm -hmm. You can get injuries. You can get get painted with a brush that maybe isn't fair too, right? So I, I was just fascinated about that because I was thinking about, well, you know, these guys are all kind of, you know, bunched together and stuff. It's like, well, they are now, but they won't be. They won't be in five years. And I also, I always thought that, you know, people have made up their minds on, you know, uh, you know, Jacob Markstrom is this and Braden Holpe is that. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's what we We think. label everything now, Kelly. Yeah. Like in every aspect of life, we see someone, we identify, and then immediately there's a label yeah. on why it's right or why it's wrong. Yeah. And if you disagree on social media, then we, then, then we insult you, right? That's, that's the new part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't believe in what I say? Oh, you're out of here. Um, yeah. I wanted to get to that, so I, you know, I thought it was fascinating to your answer there. Uh, we're chatting with Peter Bardius. We're getting ready for the draft. Lou is on pins and needles. We're all kind of excited around here. Tomorrow is going to be pretty fun. Uh, also joined by Peter Klein, PK. Well, uh, a lot of times the lead up to the draft can sometimes be just as exciting. That that has not necessarily been the case so far as it was a, a pretty quiet weekend. Um, I, I guess a couple parts to this. One, are you expecting business to pick up? And uh, two, how much of a factor do you think our, our current planet situation with COVID had an effect on uh, a relatively quiet NHL weekend? I'll answer part two first. I think it's a massive reason as to why. I think and you're going to hear it from the general manager of the Calgary Flames. These are cautious times, Peter. They really are. Um, COVID has changed the world in every way, shape, or form. Um, Remember that, yes, most NHL teams are owned by, you know, billionaire-type owners in a lot of cases, but let's not forget that in most cases, trust me, they didn't make their billions based on hockey. They, they did it based on other businesses, which in several cases are taking big hits. So things in business everywhere are tight. And, Peter, because of what looks to be, you know, a cap that isn't likely, I don't think, to move for three, four, five years, then don't you think you really, really have to be even more careful in how you spend your money and how you go about your business, which in some ways, and and I'll let the listeners um, hear from Brad Treleving, but but this is one of those times where, Kelly, what was that phrase you used about the devil you know rather than the one that you don't? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always better if you, like when I hire people, it's like, I know this guy, I've been through the wars with him, he's just not some dude with a resume and and some some good references, he's... Mm -hmm. He's the guy I've seen. I've been through the wars with, right? So that's, 
I, I will always lean to that. And I know you can't always do it in professional sports, but I bet you it's, it's kind of tempting and comfortable to do that. Well, it is because what I would say, and I think we've already seen some of it is, you know, one of my favorite lines that I use on this show a lot is in pro sports. If you're going to marry somebody long-term, you better get it right. Well, in COVID, you better find your own version of a prenup. And damn it, I wish <laughs> I'd have done that once <laughs> along the way. There you go. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, um, interesting. Kind of kind of sticking with the, the devil you know, uh, transition mm-hmm. to jerseys as uh, the Flames are going with the, uh, the, the retro look for the year. Um, uh, I guess, like, I personally... I think they look fantastic, and I'm thrilled. Uh, what, what do you think of the, the Flames going back to the glory days with the, the retro well, jerseys? Well, I, I love them, to, to be frank, and, and I don't know if it's my age showing, but um, I remember being in Winnipeg, and we hadn't seen, like, we'd seen the Reds, but we hadn't seen a lot of the Whites. And when they played in those retros, you know, in the outdoor game against Winnipeg, I thought to myself, I remember standing by the glass outside in Regina going, man, I hope the rumors are true because I love, I love these white jerseys. I I love both of them. I I think they're, you know, more often than not, at least for my personal taste, simple and basic usually translates in a good, good way, at least for how I look at that stuff. and, And listen, it, it becomes massive business, right? You know, whether I like a jersey or you guys like a jersey, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's one thing. But I I can't imagine that Mr. Gibbs, Brent Gibbs, who does such an incredible job for the Flames in terms of those types of sales, if he's not smiling like a Cheshire cat, I'm not sure who would. I think... I think they're going to sell a pile, and and I'd probably be in line for one of them myself. Yeah, it's it's neat, guys, with the jerseys, and and I often find that it's uh, it's a bit of an age thing too. How the demographic sort of you know pans out. I know the guys in the afternoon show, well, you know, all, all of them are young, and they mm-hmm. had they had their ideas, and uh, I had my ideas. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, are they going to come up with some special uniforms for special occasions, which I imagine they will. But uh, I think this is one of those universal things that everybody thinks is pretty cool. So that's Yeah, that's, I don't think you're losing on this one. I, You know, in a world where, as we spoke of already, where everybody's ready to tell you you're wrong and they're right, I don't think this one's going to be in that uh, neighborhood for a change, which is kind of wonderful in its own right. Well, Lou, I, I wonder tomorrow if we'll have some some non-draft news before 5 o'clock Calgary time. I just think that there's there's got to be something that's going to be a little bit bigger than Ollie Matta getting traded to uh, L.A. Le- at least I hope well, so. Ta- you know, there's talk about Devin Dubnik going to San Jose. There was already the trade today, Ryan Donato going for a third-round pick from Minnesota to San Jose and see if this formerly highly touted winger finally figures it out. Um but you're right. I will not. I will not be surprised. And yet, as you're about to hear from the GM, I think he puts a lot of things in some interesting perspective that, you know, has led me to believe that yes, things are a little more cautious. 
And if we don't have a brass bonanza to play come Saturday, you know, there's no need to panic. Yeah. There we go. Uh, okay, Lou, uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Uh, and we'll, this will be fascinating to see what happens. And then uh, I assume we'll get you on day two because that's when we really need you, all right? We need you to dig in on on uh, on day two to see where, uh, where who are these guys, right? So, uh, well, I just, I, I just always kind of wondered, you know, I do, the, I do the profiles, I do the block, you know, like my, you know, they can phone. I'll be, I'll be watching tomorrow if somebody thinks that I might be able to add something. Who's this, I'm available. Who's this goalie from the BCJHL? I've never heard of him. Well, let me tell you, I saw yeah, him when well. he was 14, and blah blah blah. And off you go, right? So that's yeah. Chances are, yeah, chances are. Okay, Lou, we'll talk tomorrow. Okay, guys, have a good one. Bye bye. Flames Insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Yeah, the NHL draft is tomorrow and Wednesday. We are all over it like we are every single year. First round, 5 o'clock tomorrow. Will Nault, Pat Steinberg will be there, and we will. you won't miss a thing. Lock it on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And thanks to our great partners coming back. Calgary Lock and Safe. Hunting season is here. Calgary Lock and Safe recommends gun safes for Every hunter to protect their family. Uh, Ask how you can win a gun safe. Visit Calgary Lock and Safe. The showroom is at 32nd Avenue up in the Northeast. Or just go to their website, calgarylockandsafe.com. We'll take a break and hear from the Flames. GM joined the guys earlier today. And we'll find out what he's thinking ahead of free agency, ahead of the draft, trades, all that kind of stuff. Tree is next right here on Sportsnet 960. All sports, all the time. Sportsnet 960, the fan is live from the Iconic Studio. Powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Expertise, it's Iconic. Contact them today at IconicEC.ca. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You could call him controversial. You could call him polarizing. Some people even call him an We just call him Eric Francis. The Eric Francis Show, Monday mornings, 9 to 10. Eric talks hockey, football, golf, and whatever else is trending in Calgary. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Watch and wager on Century Downs live horse racing from the comfort of your own home. For more info, go to hpibet.com. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Calgary Co-op Wine Spirits Beer knows the perfect drink is about the right choices. Like on the rocks or neat. Olive, or a twist, shaken, or stirred. And now, pickup or delivery. Order from coopwinespiritsbeer.com. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big show coming up at 1 o'clock, Peter Klein. We're joined by Will Nalton, Pat Steinberg, a little bit later on. We are live today from the Iconic Steward, uh, Studio, powered by... Iconic Electric and Controls. We made the big announcement today. We are so proud to have these guys on board. They do so much in the community. We do all kinds of stuff with them year-round. I mean, they uh, they put their money where their mouths are. They are very, very generous, whether it's Kids Sport, the Flames Foundation, all kinds of different things. So uh, you want to check out their website, see what they're up to, iconicec.ca. So thanks to them, the studio uh, we haven't got the you know the awesome banners just yet because COVID takes a little while and you have to jump through some hoops. But gentlemen, it's going to look pretty snap. I've seen the design; it's going to look pretty good. Let me just say that. 
Let me just say that. All right, uh, let's hear from the Flames GM. He joined uh, the guys in the morning. We had Rhett Warner somewhere in the States. We had Ryan Pinder from his basement, and Boomer was right here. And uh, first thing Boom uh, asked the Flames general manager is, okay, it's 2020. We're having the draft in October. How much of a difference is it this time around? Probably the biggest change, obviously, everything's happening virtually, and you're not, you know, we would normally be in the city right now um, and going through everything. We've just tried to replicate the week um, as best we can. We've got, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of people. We don't have a full complement of scouts coming in, obviously. We've got a lot of guys in Europe, a lot of guys in, in the U.S., so we've got, um, between our pro and amateur staff, we'll have, you know, our head head amateur scout Todd Button, one of the assistant amateurs, and Freddie Parker will be here. Derek McKinnon will be here, um, who oversees our pro staff. And then the rest of the group will be on via Zoom. And then, you know, we'll go through the draft, um, you know, the virtual draft. And then the biggest change, boom, is just not, you know, you usually would come out of that and then have this talking period for, you know, five, six, seven days or so before you get into free agency, and then you're you're sort of in free agency, and and uh, so a little bit different, but not you know the batting order is the same way, and and you know we're we're looking forward to a you know a week. But the, the the big thing I always stress too is is free agency starts on the ninth, but it doesn't end on the tenth, and mm-hmm. uh, you know so we'll see how things play out, and there's a lot of moving parts here right now, obviously with. The a lot of the uncertainty we're going through, the economic, uh, well, first of all, the not knowing when we're going to play, uh, and a little bit of the economic challenges we're going through. So, we'll see what we'll see what the week week brings. Uh, I'll get into the I guess the logistics, but you said it starts on the ninth, it doesn't end on the tenth. From the outside looking in, it kind of feels like it's almost that that almost that's the case because there's it's musical chairs, and it's going to be. I would guess nerve-wracking. I think a lot of players, they wait to get to unrestricted free agency. It's an exciting time, but I wonder now, because of everything, how many players are maybe feeling a little bit of pressure, possible panic, that if I, don't, I need to make a decision fast or if I, don't get, if I don't get an offer, how quickly until I'm left behind? Are you, what's, your, what's your vibe on the speed and the, I guess, the urgency on the player and the team side to get something done very quickly? Well, it's a good point because we're back to the Wild West days, right? You know, as I said earlier, and, and I was a proponent, and I know different people have different views, and maybe on the player side, I've, I've talked to a few agents in the last few weeks, and we've, you know, I, I, some agree with me, some don't, but I thought the talking period was a, a useful um, tool for both sides and, 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 and for the sole purpose of just trying to organize your life a little bit. So if you... If you have an interest in a player, uh, you can get through the talking period. That player may may not have any interest in Calgary as a city or Alberta or, you know, um, you know you've offended them along the way for whatever reason. He doesn't want to come here. Uh, you find that early on, you know, um, and same way from the player side. I always thought they may have in their hearts that, you know, when the bell goes off, I really have interest in these three teams. Well, in the old days, you could find out through the talking period if. Uh, those teams have interest in you as a player. And, and if not, you know, you can sort of set your sights elsewhere. In today's game, you know, the bell goes off at nine and then everybody sort of starts. So I, I, I think there is going to be some apprehension. Uh, listen, I think your top players and 
you know, everybody can debate who they think their top player is. I think there's, you know, those, the, the deals, those players are going to be fine. Um, those deals, the, the deals are going to be for them wherever they so choose, whether it be with their current teams or, or if they hit the marketplace. But I think there is uncertainty. And, and the uncertainty, I want people to understand, it's not that, you know, we still have, you know, it's not like the cap's going down $10 million. But each, each situation is a little bit differently. So if you have cap space here today, um, and you say, well, we, we've got room here today, but, you know, you may have a contract or two a year from now, two years from now, and you're, you're now modeling that things are going to stay flat. The, you also know that contracts still move. There's still mechanisms in the system that, you know, I'll say, for lack of a better term, artificially inflate contracts still. You still have an arbitration process. So you still have levers in the system that you've got to manage to say, you know, this player who played at X amount next year, you know, by hook or by crook, that number is going to go up a certain spot or a certain, um, whether it be a million, two million bucks, you got to account for that throughout your roster over the course of the next couple of years. So those are all the, those are all the moving sort of targets internally that every team's trying to manage. So you may look at a team and say, listen, Team X has got space this year. What you don't realize is a year from now they've got two RFAs. Uh, you know, they've got another guy who's got arbitration rights. They've got somebody coming out of entry level. So it's it's managing the short. It's managing sort of the, the midterm here when we really don't think there's going to be much growth in terms of the cap. Brad Living, Flames GM, our guest here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Ryan? Brad, uh, I know there's a rollback and there's escrow, and so the numbers maybe aren't as, as real as they look, but uh, have you been given the green light to go right to the $81.5 million cap for this season, or, or is sort of the, the future so uncertain that you might not know yet? Well, my, right now my marching orders are, yes, our, our, our ownership here has you know given us every resource to be successful. We've got the green light to go to the cap, but... Uh, I think people have to understand too, Ryan, in, in today's world too, and and I, I don't think it's with with any without exception. There's there's cap and then there's cash, and and you know everybody is is careful on cash here right now. Um, you know we met in terms of preparation for our off season plans, and, and ownership has been um, unbelievably supportive. We've got all the resources we need. Um, if that's you know, if if we have the ability or an opportunity that we think we need to to jump onto, we do have that ability to spend to the cap. But it's going to be, you know, throughout our league, um, we're in a different world than we were six months ago, as as a lot of people are. So it'll be interesting to see how things uh, move. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, I like I said, I think the top guys, the contracts are going to be there. Um, I, we'll see how it affects the market. That's the uncertainty right now. What does arbitration look like now? I mean, is it scarier than normal given that, uh, you know, you've got an, an economic future that isn't clear? Like, are you, do you think there'll be a lot of teams v- even more weary to get to an arbit- arbiter's room? Well, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's just a little bit, not not for any other reason than what I said earlier, Ryan, is that, you know, if you look at this, if you look at the marketplace, I was saying the other day to our guys is, you know, the arbitration process right now is probably the only pandemic protected piece of our business, right? Um, and you know, you're you're going to be using in those cases an arbiter 
will be using and and the TA will be using uh, as 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 will we comparables that were signed prior in most cases prior to pandemic. So uh, when you talk about what the effect COVID may have on the financial picture of the league and what they may have on um, how contracts are structured over the U.S. over over this period here, we'll see. But certainly from a from an arbitration process, you know, most of those deals, not all because there could be recent deals that are that are struck here, you know, between now and the time the arbitration process starts that could be used as comparables. But um, I think it's safe to say that that's 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 a pandemic proof part of our system right now. As for the draft itself, your pick at 19, how do you weigh the value of that pick in trade versus uh, the player that you could get? And, and do you how, do you build in a three, four, five-year wait for someone at 19, or does that vary year to year? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it varies year to year. At the end of the day, I, you have my assumption um, at the group of players that we're looking at or we think are going to be available to us at 19, I don't I – don't, these – these are long plays. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody coming in here in training camp and being a person that's stepping on your team here right now. You always have surprises, but certainly our mindset isn't focused on who's going to be here quickest. It's who, who do we think is going to be the best player um, long term? Um, and I think that it, you know you hear it every year. There's players throughout the draft this this year. Um, in particular, I think there's real depth at the, in at the top end of the draft. I think there's depth throughout the draft, but certainly at the top end of the draft, I think we're in a position here where, um, you know, certainly every year there's a name that that we may have on a higher higher ledge that drops down to us, um, and so we'll see how it plays out. There may be an opportunity that, you know, we we look at similar value for a certain grouping of players and the opportunity to go down. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested, interested to see how it plays out in my mind right now, there's three, um, you know, put them in whatever order you want, at least from our, you know, through going through our meetings, we we've separated three players. Um, I think once you hit, you get to four, the draft's going to start. And I think there's a lot of maturations that can happen. Uh, As far as putting the pick and play, um, you know, I've never done that before, so we'll see how things go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, how you weigh it is if you feel that there's something, um, you know, to me it's still an age-related asset, that it's got to be a young a young player that you feel can come in and, and or a player that can, you know, make a, make a difference to your team right now. I do feel, Ryan... Um, and I say it every year, the closer you get to the draft, those picks have more value. I think in today's climate, um, those picks have great value um, in, today's, in, ta- in today's economic climate here right now. So long way of saying we're excited. I, you know, whether, we, whether we stay at 19 or move around, up or down or all around, I think we're, we're in a real good spot here. Brad Living Flames GM, our guest here on Sportsnet 960. I was going to ask you, as you sit now, based on conversations you've had with other GMs, uh, what would you put the percentage at that you will use 19 or or not have it? I think there's a good chance we're going to be picking. You know, I, I, 
I don't think, I think, in, in if you look at some of the, or if I talk about some of the discussions right now, I think everybody views it the same way. They're, they're kind of sitting there. When you look at, say, move-up scenarios, um, you know, I think there's a greater chance that there's a group of players that we would look at maybe potentially moving down. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, everybody looks at that similarly. I think everybody's sort of got a group. If you can manage it and say, listen, I've got three or four guys here that we've, as I said, we think equal value. If we can grab another asset, another pick, and move down a slot or two, we'll see. But if I was to if I was to be wagering on it right now, I would say we'd be picking at 19. I asked Berkey this last year. As a GM, is there ever a point where you just decide, I'm going all in? You're at the poker table, you've got decent cards, and you're just thinking, i got to make a move to go all in. I feel like it'd be easier midway through a year or at the trade deadline of a season, but in an, during the off season, do you ever look at the team and go, I'm going all in on this one? Well, I mean, I guess you always got to define what does all in mean, right? It's all based on the evaluation of your team. Um, if you think you've got a strong team, you know, I think you have a pretty good sense of where your team's going to be at. Um, I think the the difficulty sometimes in that ret um, in in is is you you can you can jump drop a lot of assets and dump everything into one calendar year and all of a sudden health or something else gets in the way and, and disrupts you. Right. So sometimes I think those are better as you get into the season, you say, okay, we're, we're things at, and uh, you know, whether you make a move at the deadline, I've never been a big deadline guy. I don't, I just, I think, you know, you got to be careful of making major moves that are going to disrupt your team at the deadline. Um, so, you know, as far as going all in, I think, you know, if you feel your team's in a position to win and, you could be a piece away. I think you've seen in the past teams be real aggressive. Um, you know, again, the, 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 and it sounds cliche-ish, but you guys all know how tight the league is. Sure, there, to me, there's, a, there's, there's some elite teams. I thought, one, I, thought, I, thought the best team, I thought the best team won the Stanley Cup this year. Um, so there's elite teams. But at the end of the day, the league is so very, very close that you get into this and you you got to put yourself in a position to get in the playoffs and give yourself a chance in the tournament. And, you know, you, once you get in there, we see it every year, anything can happen and you need health and all the rest of it. But um, I think it's hard to sit here and say, you know, in the summer, we're going to, we're going to, depending on what your, 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 your definition of all in of saying, I'm going to spend every pick I have and shoot it away to get a player or two. Um, I think you got to be careful of that here at this time of the year. Uh, I guess because you'll have had plenty of conversations with other GMs. Uh, do you have trades that are sitting waiting for you to green to, to rubber stamp them? Are are there other potential moves where you're waiting on that team to maybe give a go ahead? What because there's there's ju- there's July first, which is August night, October 9th. Where do you expect to be more active? I guess trade wise or free agency wise. Based on what you know well, now, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't. I think free agency, to me, uh, we, we still continue to talk to our own players. Um, and, you know, what I've told them is, you know, we've, we've in, in a lot of ways, that's the, the situation our players is, is waiting for me a little bit more than anybody else. And we've tried to be and leave ourselves as much flexibility as we possibly can, not knowing 
because it all it all factors together. You make one move, not one. None of these moves stand alone. You know, you've got X amount of money, so when you spend it on one spot, it may affect you on another. So, you know, a lot of the discussion right now, from you know the end of our season till now, has been through, you know, sort of our our internal discussions and and you know sort of going through our autopsy and our team where think where is it we can be better and then just all the discussions with teams so you know you're in the trade market for the last number of weeks um we nothing is waiting for me to pick up the phone and and finalize here that can change with a phone call um and then we get to the ninth and see if there's if there's a fit for us in free agency. So for me to say we're going to be active, more active in one area than another, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to be people that are, um, you know, signing a bunch of free agents. If we, if, if there's a fit there in a certain, certain player, and it, like I said, it may not be on the ninth. It, this may be something that we wait for the market to materialize. Um, you know, we're going to continue to have discussions on, on the trade front and see if there's, there's fits for us. But uh, that's, that's sort of the order I would see it. We'll see what, we'll see what takes place between now and, and the ninth and, and the trade market may take place. You know, those, those things don't necessarily come to an end or stop when you get to the ninth. So um, probably a long witted me of answer boom of me saying nothing, but saying, we're yeah. see if yeah. we can, I don't know which way we're going to be leaning here. Do you feel that you have one area of, of need over another? Like, is there a priority as you go in? Is it is it getting a, the second goaltender? Is it finding a, a defenseman, uh, looking for that winger? What what's the your greatest need the way you see it? Well, I think those. I mean, the first two things. Obviously, we, when you when you've got a goaltender that's um, UFA and you've only got one goaltender in the contract, that's a position that we've got to solidify. Right now. Is that you know, and, and there's many ways to go about it. Starting with bringing Cam back, or looking at the trade market, getting into free agency. But to me, that's you've got to you got to have strength in that position. I thought I thought between our two goaltenders last year, they gave us good goaltending last year. Um, is there, you know, is there a, is there a, you know, to me if you want to put numbers on them, that's probably priority number one. And then we've got five UFAs under our defense. We think, now we think we've got um, the defensemen that we do have under contract. I really like the uh, the group of D we've got. Obviously, you've got Gio there. Um, you know, we think Rasmus Anderson is, is evolving into becoming a top top pairing defenseman. He's, this is a, a really good young, def, young, young player who I think is only going to get better. You know, we've got Yuso, who we you, we think is going to be another really good player. Um, we finally got him up healthy. He's playing over in, in Finland here right now. Um, and then, you know, Hannafin, Noah Hannafin, still 23. You look at Connor Mackey, who we think, and, and Pullman, two guys, especially Connor, I think is a little bit more mature. His game's a little more mature, could be pushing for a spot. So now, now you take that group and how do you add to it, right? TJ, who's played a lot of minutes for us, Gus, who's come in and, um, you know, I thought was really good in our power play, gave us a different kind of element there. Um, Forbert, you know, Travis Hamannick and, and Stoney are there. So 
that probably is priority two for us. Um, and is that bringing back one or two or I guys? Is that is that getting out in the market? But I think, uh, you know, those, those those are the areas where if you, if if I had to divide up my time, I've I've spent most of the time here looking at our defense and or and our goaltending. Is can I? Is this your overtime moment? Like, as a player, this is the power play moment for you. Do you get that excited about this week, or is it more of a stress? You know what I mean? Well, no, it's it, it's this is yeah, this is this. You love this part of the job, you know. There's there's all lots going on, Rhett. Um, we talked a little bit. It's unique in that it's going to come sort of bang bang here. Um, but this is this is this is the juice of the job. This is what this is what gets you going. There's 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 certainly some stress with it when when things get going, but that gets you that gets the juices flowing. So no, we're and and we're prepared for it. Like I, we've done a lot of we've done a lot of work. Now you can be prepared as you want. Things still have to, you know. And I know in I know in fantasy land out there, we just sit there and say, well, why don't we just take this player and go trade him for that player? Well, it's not, you know, it's you got to have a dance partner who believes that the player you're giving them is makes their team better. You know, usually the guys you're talking to aren't looking to make their teams worse. Um, and then you can have a set, you can have a plan in free agency and done all the whole work and, and all the rest of it. And, and it doesn't fall your way or somebody chooses to go somewhere else or the number that a player wants doesn't fit with what you're looking for. So I think I'm real, I'm real. I know we've, we've, we've planned accordingly. I know we've put in the work. Now we're trying to execute some things. And like I said, it, it may not all take place here in, in a day or two, but this is, this is the excitement part of the job. Uh, I love the draft. I love this time of the year. It's unfortunate. Like normally we'd be in the city and, you know, you're having lots of discussions with guys. You're, you're, you know, you've got your staff in your room, but we're, we've been sitting here for three, four days in, in our office and, and, in our, with our, our guys here and going through it. So the, the draft is a, is an exciting part um, of this business. One of the best days, if not the best day in the, uh, in the, on the, on the hockey calendar. And you get to welcome new people to your organization. It's new. It's a lot of hope for these, a lot of these young guys, you know, the, the work they put in. So um, no, these next few days will be, they're exciting and we're looking forward to them. Right. It may not even be a question for you. Uh, the flame, the flames may not be interested in said player, but just based on conversations you've had and the names that you hear are available or potentially could be on the move, uh, is it is the talk busier, more desperate than than recent years? Do you expect this to be a a wild few days coming up this week in terms of trades around the league? Well, everybody says a bit. How do you like every year is the same? Every year is busy, right? It's I, I wouldn't say one more than the, the next. Um, you know, again, some of the rumors are, you got to separate fact from fiction. Some of that stuff's a little bit. Um, you know, that's usually not necessarily hundred percent true. Um, but but you're talking to these. I, you're talking to the GMs, yeah. and obviously names are going going around. Do you feel like? There are some GMs because of whether it's budget, because of cap, or what, or just desperate to win. Uh, do you feel like there's the pressure is on? Well, the pressure is always on, right? This job, there, you know, the bottom line is winning, so there's pressure every day. I do sense the the difference in the market here right now. Again, it's it's financial, right? There's 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 financial uncertainty in the market. 
Um, none of these teams have had revenue. They're no, you know, we're not we're not immune to all the th- all the all the trials of all any other business. None of these teams have had revenue since March. Um, we don't know when we're going to, you know, have have people back in the building. Um, there's been owners that have been significantly impacted in their other businesses. So, you know, I, I would say the talk around the financial. Um, about finances of the game has never been stronger. Would I use the word panic? I wouldn't use the word panic, but there's concern. There's uncertainty. Um, you know, you've got a player that you, you know, you can you if you sign him, what does that mean going forward? Is is the budget for said team going to stay? If it's X this year, is it going to turn into Y next year? Do we expect to get back to the revenues that we were? So those are all the, you know, those are all the, it's great to say let's go sign a bunch of guys and do all these things, but it's still a business. And um, so, in some cases, that may that 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 has generated talk of maybe some players you don't um, or you wouldn't maybe normally hear about or or talk about or, or things like that. But the the pressure to win the the it's a competitive competitive business. Nobody's looking to get worse. Um, and so this is the time of the year. Uh, the the consistent theme is this is no different than any other year where you get like I said we're normally together, but this is this is a deadline. Things happen in our league around deadlines. You know we 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 operate around deadlines and and you know that's the last you know you a draft pick now there's a deadline that when you can use that pick and it's going to start on Tuesday night. So. You know, if you're if you're looking to add or subtract one of those, the deadline's coming. So um, deadlines provide for activity, and and I I expect to see some. Have you uh, had an off season when you've seen so much uh, potential goalie movement, or are we just getting sucked in on the media front uh, as as with the goalie carousel? No, Ryan. I think there's. I mean, there's there's the potential i say the potential because we still are a week out from free agency right and and again as much as it seems like um you know not very much time in hockey terms it's still an eternity till friday and uh um so those players that could become available certainly could be going back to their teams uh but if 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 those if those players that uh, may become free agents or, or set to become UFAs actually do. There's going to be, and I think I said this the other day in my, in my availability, I think that that's, there's the, this has the chance to be the, the, the most fluid goaltender market I've seen and, and good goaltenders, right? Really good goaltenders. And uh, you know, so you ask why you see around the league, there's been the emergence of some young goalies um, that have taken some jobs now, some taken some starter jobs and that prop, you know, probably for the first time in a long time in the league that you've seen these young guys in, in more than one, one spot. So now all of a sudden, you know, there becomes, you know, more supply, uh, more players than there is demand and, and more goalies than there's nets. So, uh, that's certainly a position I think that you could see uh, the carousel start to spin here. Uh, last one, just what's the uh, logistically when uh, f- for draft night, where are you going to be set mm-hmm. up and what's that look like? You're in your office with a laptop or what are you doing? 
Yeah, we'll get the speakerphone and just be huddled around the campfire. Yeah. Um, no, we're we're got we've got two boardrooms at the rink, so we're going to be at the saddle dome. Uh, we'll we'll have we'll have one room that you sort of will set up as sort of our working room, and everybody will be you know that's sort of our our boardroom to do all the like our normal group would be in, and then there'll be a separate room that you go in and make the pick um, on Friday. Or excuse me, I keep thinking it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday and then Wednesday, we'll same setup, right? So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be hunkered down at the dome and have the group there and uh, and uh, and ready to get going Tuesday night. Well, maybe we can talk next week. Uh, Monday's a holiday. Maybe on Tuesday we'll talk about all these uh, free agents and trades and stuff. All the, yeah, all the, the holiday. Things done. Yeah, all the all the all the work you're going to get done here this week. We can react to next week. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Uh, good, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Good luck, Brad. Chance, always a pleasure. Have a good day. You too. There's Brad yeah. Living Flames GM. So there you go, hearing from the Flames general manager on the eve of the NHL draft. We got to go. That's going to do it for Hockey Central at noon, a jam-packed big show with all the draft talk you can handle, including a draft expert coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.